0: Hello everyone, this is Donovan Lacroixy. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Hip-Hop, Let's Talk R&B. And debuting on the podcast, I've got rapper Seth Dyer and singer Seth Dyer. How you doing?
1: I am fantastic, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. You're debuting, but you and I know each other. We're friends. You've come by where I worked at at the radio station. But for those that don't know you, you want to tell who you are in case there are new listeners that are listening for the first time
1: yeah for sure um my name is seth dyer i'm an artist producer and engineer from toronto um i make a mixture of hip hop and r&b music um i also write music for other people and just like everything musical i, I
0: I do. Everything musical. But you know what, Seth? You know what I didn't know? You're a rapper, but you never told me. You did the singing, brother. And I was just finishing before we were, you know, even talking and setting up for this interview. Your singing is awesome. Available. Casanova. Figo, what do you call it? All of those were amazing songs. But do you want to talk a little bit of the backstory of how you got into music? In case people want to know, well, how'd you get into music?
1: Yeah. Um Well, I'd say in terms of actually getting into music, I mean, I come from a musical family. But uh in my grandparents' generation, not my parents' generation. <laughs> so my grandparents' generation kind of all played instruments and stuff. So I guess it's it's in my bloodline somewhere. But uh, when I was in high school, I picked up just, like, making, learning how to make beats just as, like, hobby. I wanted something to do because, like, I was bored in high school and I wasn't, like, the type of kid to, like, go and party and do all kind of stuff after school. I was kind of more introverted. So I started learning to make beats. And then um, I was making all these beats and I'm like, but people aren't going to say what I want them to say on these things Or, or, like, what I have envisioned for this song, like, People aren't gonna say it. So I started writing music, right? And then I learned um how to record myself and, and perform it and all that type of stuff. And it was the funniest thing because I thought like I just have to buy a microphone, hook it up with my computer and record and it should sound like it's ready to go on the radio, but it wasn't the case. Like <laughs> I had to learn I had to learn a whole bunch of other stuff. Um so I was I was making rap music for the longest time. I had like little melodic singy stuff here and there, but, it, but like the singing wasn't something that I was taking extremely serious and probably just out of a confidence thing like I didn't feel like I could do it. but then um my first record to really pull in numbers was what you need, which is kind of like a trap soul kind of song right and um, it uh, it it has so it has a little bit of singing elements to it, right. And, um, but I didn't think anything of it. Like I didn't, I didn't take heed to the message, I guess, or whatever. Um, so later on down the road, after like releasing a whole bunch of music, doing music for a good chunk of years, um, I was with my girlfriend and she was listening to a Russ record. I think it was losing control. And she's like, how come you don't make something that like, you know, makes me feel nice about myself like this. And I was like, yeah yeah, eh? Okay, watch. <laughs> and um, I recorded this record called Marathon, which is not out yet. It's going to be out on a uh, uh, a project of mine. but uh, it's called Marathon. It's an R&B song. I'm singing on it and stuff. And like, she loved it. My whole team loved it. They're like, yo, you're supposed to be doing more of this. And the funniest thing is when I would do performances, a lot of the time they would introduce me as an R&B act. And I'm like, guys, like, I'm a rapper, you know, <laughs> I guess I just look the part. <laughs> but yeah, that's a little, that's a little story of how I got into music, a uh, brief, brief story.
0: <laughs> Well, you do look the part, Seth. And when I heard you singing, by the way, and listeners, yes, he's visit me. We've done, I've done interviews with him, but I didn't know he could sing. I didn't know. And then some listeners are probably saying, well, how did you not know he could sing? But the thing, though, is you were a rapper, right? And when I listened to all these singles now of, what do you call it, of Sessions, Man, yeah. it was, like, mixed in with, like, I'm scared people might compare you to Drake, though, and Miguel, though, with the harmonies and the lyrics. What are your thoughts yeah. to that?
1: I mean, I I don't mind getting compared to Drake, because I, I feel like, at least in terms of singing, I feel like I sing better than Drake. Like, that's not to throw any stage. Uh, like, it's a fantastic artist. Yeah. but I, But my tone of, my literally, like, my speaking tone of voice is, like, very similar to his. You know what I mean? So, like, how I try to differentiate myself is just the content of my music and the way I arrange it and, like, the harmonies I build and stuff. Miguel, I don't I don't mind being compared to because Miguel is a, is a dope act, I feel. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, uh, that, like, yeah, if, if someone compared me to Miguel, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you think I sound like Miguel? What? Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
0: Well, just, well, just the style and just the, the style, like, can be like Miguel and drake with the harmony and the lyrics right the only thing Uh, i don't want people comparing you to drake too much because then you know what happens they'll expect you to live up to that hype and these days young people they don't have much patience you will be pushed to the side very quick when they get boring but no listeners, this guy has a lot going on so I'm going to ask, do you like the singing more? Like, are we more with the team going to push an R&B trap soul like Bryce and Tiller? Or do we want to just go into the singing or do we want to revert back to rap?
1: It's, uh, it's something that I'm actually, like, battling with currently and, like, really trying to figure out with myself and my team and, like, people I trust. Because I feel like I'm a fantastic rap artist, right? And the R and B stuff is doing well, and people like it. So if I can get a blend in between, would be nice. Kind of like, kind of like that Bryson Trap Soli stuff. But I, I have some rap records that are like phenomenal. You know what I mean? So what what I'm finding myself now doing is because cause I'm learning some things about digital marketing and stuff. So what I'm finding now is I'm literally having to cater to two audiences and it's a little weird. I need to find that merge in between so that I, I don't have to talk to two sets of people, which ends up like costing a lot more and pulling a lot more resources and that type of stuff. So it's something, it's something we're trying to figure out now, you know? Um, But I, I personally right now, I'm liking I'm liking singing more because it's it's uh it's challenging me more. You know what I mean. And I feel like for the longest time, like I was I, I rap for so long and like know what to do and know what to expect out of my voice in that respect and like know how to make a good rap song. It's not necessarily uh, it's not as challenging for me as it was in the beginning, obviously, I'd say the only thing that that's challenging is like challenging myself to say dope things in my lyrics. But with the singing, there's so much more involved. You know what I mean? Like you actually, singing requires your entire body. Like it's weird when you start to learn how to sing and all these type of things, you realize like, yo, if I'm not healthy, I'm not going to sing well. Or if like, yo, I got a, maybe I should run a bit, you know what I mean? Because it'll it'll help my singing. There's so much more involved and it's more of a challenge and I'm liking the challenge.
0: Mm -hmm. You're liking the challenge, but, uh, you know, I would ask you to sing for us, but I don't want to embarrass you. (laughs) I don't want to embarrass you, but you know what? Okay, why don't you tell the ladies, if, if they feel like they want to listen to something, what, okay, my favorite song is Available, that's my favorite yeah. song on that. What suggestions could you give to our ladies, since you're not going to sing for us, what they can listen to? you
1: um, can listen to, so you would just have to search me on whatever platform, Uh, you would just look for Seth Dyer, S-E-T-H-D-Y-E-R, but I'd say um, Available is definitely a, a, a record to take a listen to um I like I like parachute as well um and uh parachute and and complicated possibly mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking those three those three are my favorites so far but I have a record dropping tonight at midnight oh. called salvation Ooh. which uh, which will which will be one of my faves in there it'll be like available salvation and parachute
0: okay. So do they need salvation, like a savior, like you, or like a lady to come, like, what do you call it? like somebody to come wrap you up in their arms and stuff like that? Is that what we're talking about like, with salvation or like no?
1: With salvation, it's like um, salvation is when you're you're in a relationship with somebody and you feel... Like you bettered each other, like you saved each other in a, in a sense, you know, like you may have been running around doing all kind of craziness in your life and, and maybe bad things have happened, but you get, you get with somebody and they kind of bring out the positive qualities in you and make you realize certain things about yourself. And it's a sal salvation moment, you know,
0: safe moment. All right. It's a safe moment. So ladies, if you need the savior, You know, well, Seth's taken, but if you need somebody else to just curl you up in their arms, that could be. Yeah, yeah, play it for them. (laughs) (laughs) But, ladies, I could give you an introduction. Coming when you're available. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's a good one. I wish you would have sang it for us, Seth. It would have really gone. It would because my voice is probably not. What do you say to people that just can't? They feel they can't sing, but they want to get into singing.
1: Everyone can learn to sing. If I if I learn to sing and, tr- and my voice, my speaking voice is like is like deep. You know what I mean. <laughs> but I have a high. But I could sing high. Like I have a high falsetto. Anyone can learn to sing. I literally started learning like, how to develop certain singing things just from YouTube, Mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone has a singing voice. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna sound like Bruno Mars, you know what I mean? (laughs) I, my body is not built to sound like Bruno. Just like Bruno is not gonna be able to hit like certain low notes that i can hit so everyone's body is kind of different but everyone can develop a singing voice
0: yeah yeah do you want to talk about inspirations in the B? like who are you influenced by in rmb
1: yeah for sure um i'd say a lot of groups from from the 90s i like uh drew hill uh jodeci um 112 i, I think 112 sick uh um Slim, the lead singer for 112, his voice is so unique. Like that voice is uncopyable. The the closest thing to like Slim is like Brent Faiers right now. I feel he sings he sings similar to Slim. Um, I like genuine. Usher is a big uh, influence for me. Big big influence. If I if I could um if I could want to sound like anyone, it would be it would be like Usher because mm-hmm. I feel like he has a very full tone. You know what I mean? Um just a very like robust voice i like but i also like maxwell because maxwell kind of sings um closer to the way i sing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so like what i'm kind of built for so listening to and i wouldn't say that i listened to maxwell all that much before but when i started singing and linking up with like vocal coaches and other songwriters and stuff like that they're like listen to maxwell i was like oh I, i get it like i get why they would ask me to
0: do that Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm well i okay and listeners that don't know maxwell was very big in the 90s so the young people that say they don't like maxwell there's something wrong with you because maxwell (laughs) a lot of people are inspired by maxwell and i know he's neo soul i know that and i know there's not much what do you say when people say oh r&b is boring it's not the same as it used to be what are your thoughts when with that statement
1: I feel like you, like people are listening to the wrong music or it's just not for them in their stage of life. You know what I mean? Like like me, I like R&B because I'm a romance guy. You know what I mean? Like, I like R&B because I will take a girl to a nice dinner and have some wine and treat her nice. You know what I mean? I like R&B because of that. But like, if you're not that type of individual or you're not at that kind of... Um, thought process in life you might not appreciate it the same um the r&b now like the popular r&b now it's taken on more of like a rap cadence so i can understand why people would be like it's not the same you know what i mean but there's artists that are less popular that are like really singing like i feel like a lucky day is really making some r&b music uh i feel give is a is dope like give so cool because he's a baritone like he his voice is is low you know what I mean? And you're not, you don't hear that on the radio or you don't hear that in popular music now. We've been so used to hearing a certain type of voice. So like, Giveon, the type of music he makes, it it's nice. It reminds me of like early r and like early 90s R&B, but it also reminds me of some like soul Motown stuff, which is dope. Yeah. What's funny though, what's funny though, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. what's funny is that um the, 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 I'd say "quote unquote" younger generation. It, what's funny is that they don't know that, like some of like the R and B or trap soul music that they may like, it's all trying to sound like music from the '90s. It's all trying to sound like that, but they're just using modern sounds, you know. mm
0: mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. Example. Yeah. Example. Here's an example. Young people. Okay. Lil' Mosey. My 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 my. I <laughs> don't yeah. you know where he got that from, listeners. I don't think so. Johnny Gale, my 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 mama my, mama. My, 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 my. A lot of these yeah. young people are well artists is now. I didn't, Okay, Seth. And this is not to throw shade at any of these upcoming rappers or singers, but I don't think some of these people know what they're sampling. What are your thoughts? Nah.
1: <laughs> no. They. I, I feel like half the time. A lot of the time they probably don't it depends on it depends on age but like a lot of the time they they don't have no idea but it sounds cool to them you know what I mean and they don't they don't know why but it's funny because when I look at coming up from hip hop right and my mom would tell me like you guys are just sampling up all all of our old music that we used to listen to because hip-hop was sampling like funk and and things from Motown and soul records and that type of stuff um, was sampling my parents' generation of music, and I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, I wasn't listening. I, I heard, like, Marvin Gaye in the house or something, but I wasn't, like, listening to it like that. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, it was like, what are you talking about? And it's the same thing for kids coming up. It's probably like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't listen to this, but this sounds cool now, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, it sounds so, cool, but don't diss it. Sorry to interrupt. Don't yeah, yeah,
1: it. that's the thing. That's the thing. You don't want to disrespect these things. Like, you, you got to know, you got to know where you come from or at least have a respect for it, even if you don't know, because a lot of because a lot of people, uh, a lot of artists are not going to take the time to really like study music like that just because of the way music has become like the barrier to entry into music has become so low and like has required so much less that a lot of people don't really care to to know about music culture or music history or anything like that. But don't diss it because the way you're rapping or the way you're singing or the beats you're hopping on was not, it's not come into existence without all this stuff prior, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So for people out there, for example, we'll give examples. Mary J. Blige, oh, she's boring. Jill Scott, she's boring. Erica Badu, nah, yeah. she's boring. I'm not saying I'm bored. I'm not saying they're boring. The young people are saying they're boring. But it was right. a lot of a lot of you young people don't realize Mary J Blige has archives of music. Never yeah. diss Mary J Blige cuz she's got some archives. Yes, okay, she may not be relatable or relevant today. But you <laughs> guys go back to real love. I'm yeah. Searching for I'm
1: searching for real. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> You're yeah. trying to sing there a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but would you sample, would you sample, uh, what do you call it? Like a 90s, would you sample a 90s song for you, or you don't think you would take that step yet?
1: I. I I would I could but for the most part I try and like come up with original compositions and the people around me come up with like original stuff just because like sampling it can be cool and it makes some great records like especially when I like when I do rap stuff like I sample a lot but uh, I feel like if something gets too big you're not gonna make any money if you sample things for instance Juice World um Juice World had that record um that sampled one of Sting's. Songs. And the producer, he didn't even actually sample the actual record. He replayed Sting's guitar part. You realize Sting has all the publishing on that song? Ooh. Sting said that song is going to put my kids through, my, my grandkids through college and more. So, like, like you got to be careful about sampling because, like, when it comes down to money, you might not make anything,
0: you know? Yeah, and what, unfortunately, listeners, for Juice World's case, he had passed away almost a year ago. I believe, well, I don't want to say he's lucky because I think... The agreement was they were going to throw the case out. But I think, still, I don't know if they're still going further with it. Because when Juice (laughs) World had died, I believe they wanted to sue him further. Because he did, they apparently, I don't know too much. I don't know if he asked or he just took it. But it may not (laughs) have been his fault. I think it was his team's fault. I think they just, some of these people, Seth, they just... (laughs) take whatever they want and they think well you know what let me take this song i mean at the end of the day they'll get money out of it so if they say no they're doing damage to themselves what do you say to that
1: yeah like i feel i feel like the more you can avoid trying to get into legal scuffles about music the better it is and if you're gonna and if you're gonna sample something right it it takes to get to a certain level because a lot of the times if you're obscure you can sample things and people aren't going to know but then there's that one chance that the song might pop off and now you're in trouble but it's better off that you try and contact the people before you put the record up Mm -hmm. because once it's out people kind of feel robbed the type of way Uh, but it's interesting because right now in america at least um producers and artists and songwriters they're trying to pass new legislation about um about sampling because it's become such a it's become such a, a a crazy thing because you can sample someone's record and they can take all of the publishing on your song you know so which is a, which is it's a, it's a difficult um debate to get into because it's like okay this song wouldn't have existed unless you sampled my song but you know you wrote your own lyrics and all these type of stuff but I'm still gonna take all the money even though you have a, a, a part to play in creating the record so but I, I feel like if there is a little less stringent sampling laws um, you'll, you'll see like people get into less problems and people be less shady about things and all that type of
0: stuff Yes, yes, yes. Do you think, okay, this was la- two weeks ago, I believe, Kanye West said he ca- came up with a new blueprint about people owning their masters and that they should own all their song credits and everything. Now, I know you own your masters like some of the songs and yeah. everything you've, you've. Built up. You own that, yeah. right? So what are your thoughts yeah, on owning think... your own masters? Can it even be done? Because some people say it's impossible to own your own masters.
1: Well, it, it depends on what new you, what you negotiate and the type of leverage you have. You see, the problem is, is that a lot of artists sign deals and good things happen for them. And then later in the back end, they don't realize what they signed. When you go to a label, the label's acting as a bank, right? And their leverage is money and your, and, and your masters because they're able to exploit them. If they don't, if they give you all this money and they don't own what they paid for, they can't make money back off of it. You know what I mean? So, like, if I signed an artist for a million dollars or whatever, right? And I don't own anything, I'm just giving them money to record their stuff, like, I'm going to lose out. So like when you look at, when you look at the labels in a business sense, what they're doing is making sense. It makes sense. But the problem is a lot of artists feel cheated because they don't really understand what's in their contracts and labels. Labels are not some, even though they're big corporate entities, right? It's people that are in the building, you know, and, and, and labels drag their feet on paying people and labels like, don't pay people and all type of stuff so like it can get messy if you can get yourself in a situation where you can own your masters and deal with the label you'll be in a great situation that's what drake has when drake signed with cash money he owned he owns his masters right so what i would want to do if i was to get with a label right i would come with leverage a fan base um i'm I'm making money off of this like there's something for me to offer here i want to keep my masters you guys can give me some money let's say it's an advance i'll use a million dollars for a a easy number to just divide and all that stuff you give me a million dollars right and all i want to do is make sure that you recoup you know what I mean? Recoup your million dollars. Maybe you could get a little percentage for distribution afterwards. But I own the property. I own the intellectual property because I want to use it for my means, and I don't want down the road that I have to call you and ask you, uh, uh if I can use my song for an opportunity that comes my way.
0: Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I and you get you you get what you negotiate. That's the problem. And the thing with the Kanye West thing, if you look at the contract, he still owes the label money. Wow. <laughs> so, like, so like, make sure that you that you don't owe anyone money before you want to get mashed.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's the thing. But you see, a lot of the, you're right, Seth. A lot of people get into these things when they're young. They don't ask yes. questions. An example, example, right this year, Megan The Stallion. She wanted to get out of her contract and get out of, what do you call it, her contract, because she felt... But honestly, Megan, I do believe Megan knew what what she was doing, though, but she was lucky to get out of it. Some people don't ever get out of their contracts, and then what ends up happening is they end up giving people real crappy music And two artists this happened to, Frank Ocean and T-Pain. I watched something on T-Pain the other day, why he kind of fell off, because... He owed the music still, but then they weren't working with his creative vision because everybody was trying to copy the auto-tune and copy this. And then T-Pain felt like he was cheated. So you're right. A lot of artists do feel cheated in their contract, in the negotiation. But I don't know if it's possible to own all of your masters because when you're working with all these people and then, you know... I don't know. Maybe I could be, what do you call it, just not understanding something. And true, I'm not an artist, listeners. I'm Mm. just the interviewer. But I don't (laughs) know if artists are ever going to reach the stage where they own 100% of all their masters. But like you said, Uh, it can be done, but you just got to really know your stuff.
1: Yeah, and you got to have leverage. You got to have leverage. If you come with no leverage... You, you, you're you not going to get to own anything. It's just like if somebody gives you a loan, right, they want some type of security. Your leverage is your security. So, like, do you have a fan base? Is your fan base spending money? How much money have you already made? Oh, okay. So if you have something already going on, right, and you just want to come to us to scale it up, it's almost like Dragon's Den. You know what I mean? Like when the dragons are asking you, it's like, what, what, uh, okay, how many sales have you had? Uh, how much stores, whatever, whatever. Right. They want to know these things because it's like, am I, I might like an idea. Right. And some, and some labels and A&Rs and stuff are like that. They like the artist, right? They like the ideas. They like the music, but the artist doesn't have any leverage yet. So their deal is going to be in favor of the label because the label has to do everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you already have something, right, you're actually going into a real negotiation at that point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you have enough, enough negotiating power, you can own your masters. Mm-hmm. But, if you're, but, but if you're a new artist without anything really going on, but you make great music and maybe you have a little local buzz, they're going to take everything from you just because they need that security of, like, yo, if you don't make us back any money, we need something, <laughs>
0: you know? Uh-huh. And that's, I believe, why Lauren Hill pissed on them and believed... You know you guys are not going to take from me no 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 i'm not giving you all a second album this was way back yeah. people what do you call it in the early 2000s because the label was pressuring her to rel- to make another miseducation too but she said no what do you call, i'm not doing it at the benefit for you guys But, I like what you said again, you have to know your masters, you gotta study the music because, listen, and if there's anybody listening right now where you're close to signing that contract, again... Like I said, I'm an interviewer, but I'm just giving you advice. You make sure you read that contract over, and you make sure if you don't understand, ask questions. Ask me. Yes. I could, what do you call it? I mean, I don't know about contract law, but if you want to ask me, ask me a question. What do you call it? I may not know. Or you can even ask Seth Dyer. He's a perfect man. Yeah, exactly. Ask me. me.
1: and i know some people too so you know i can help i can help you get in contact with some people you know what i mean
0: yeah because you know a lot of not to interrupt a lot of people just one i think a lot of people are thinking short term and i've said this before not long term why is that
1: well because 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 of the music climate people get fooled a lot, right? So people see an artist like blow up out of nowhere and they're like, Oh man, like they did that in no time. Like this just popped up. That's not the case. You know what I mean? It's rarely, rarely the case. You're what you're looking at is, is, is the, is, is the lottery literally like what, what's usually happened is that there's a label involved and they make it look like this person popped up out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And true. There's this kind of like speed culture and kind of like fast food culture to music and to kind of people right now. They're not thinking long term, right? If you, if you want to be an independent artist, for instance, and eventually get signed to a label, you're going to have to do way more work than you think necessary based upon the things that you're seeing online to be an independent artist, a real independent artist is work. Like it's work. You know what I mean? So some people, they're not built to be an independent act, which is fine. You know what I mean? Which is fine. And then you go to a label, right? Just make sure you read over your contract, but it's likely not going to be in your favor, but they'll make you famous. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's like, A lot of, and a lot of, you got to remember too, what a lot of, especially in hip hop, right? Uh, A lot of people, a lot of artists are coming from situations where they're broke, they don't have any money, their lives are dangerous, that type of stuff. It's like, yo, I could get this advance and like, kind of move my life out of here. I'm taking this. You know what I mean? But, but in the long term, they're not looking long term. It's like, okay, this will get me out of here now. And then let me see if I can try and figure it out while I'm out of the hood. You know? Yes. And again, look over
0: it, again, read it. If you don't know it, ask questions and tr- and listen. And people listen, I said this before again. If they want you, they'll wait. If they don't they well, they're wait, not, yes. Yeah. They're not a good label then. Move on to somebody yes. else.
1: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that too. Yeah, I forgot it. It's like there is no rush. If they want you, they will let you look it over. You can negotiate. If they want you, they'll wait. There's no rush. they can pop you off in a matter of months. there's no rush mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: know? yes, and some people don't yeah. get lucky. Megan the stallion got lucky because what do you call she mm. kind of knew what she signed for and then now she's under rock nation, but I believe yeah. what do you call they what do you call went through a, oh it was it was a real mess, but yeah. Again, she got lucky. Some artists don't get lucky. So if you're saying, let me renegotiate the contract, now that you signed it, the record label's going to look at you like you're a joke. Like, why, why?
1: Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's that situation was a little wild, you know, because she signed for very little money, you know what I mean? And, like, it, it was just a wild situation. When I saw the, the terms of it and whatnot, I'm like, she signed this because like I wouldn't say desperation, but almost a thing like I need some money, like I need someone to help me do this and I will take whatever sacrifice I have to take. It's when you start popping that you that you feel as the act that you have leverage now, but it was really them who paid for it. They paid for your leverage. You know what I mean? So I feel it was almost unfair for her to to kind of move the way she did I would give them one album like I'm pretty sure her contract said that she needed to deliver an album and then after the album if the album pops and does well and people are into it then maybe we can talk about renegotiating for the next album mm-hmm. you know because because things can get fluid you know what I mean and most of the time labels sign an artist um really they're only signing them for the first album and they expect the second album to not do as well yeah that's kind of like notoriously throughout history how it goes but when people get a good second album that's when their careers last forever pretty much yeah you know
0: Mm -hmm. i think that would have happened to biggie because I believe the first album, what do you call it? Yeah, the first album was out, but then the second album, and then True Notorious yeah. B.I.G. had died yeah. toward his second album. Actually, that's not really a fair comparison, but again, for example, Notorious B.I.G., he got ripped off and he wasn't even paid for one more chance. And there were stations yeah. ripping that song up into rotation. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and listeners, Back then, you think you couldn't stand the radio today? Try back then, yeah. when they were playing one more chance 25 times in one station yeah. in one day. For real. <laughs> so, what do you call it? I mean, I get what you mean. At the end of the day, it's like... Leverage, you got to have something, but we're going to talk, I didn't even expect to talk a lot, half the interview of this, but I wanted to talk about ITI into the industry because you have much a lot of knowledge on this. Do you want to share what do you call? because when I was watching, what do you call it ownership? Ownership, we got a lot of different topics. We got ownership, we got how to drain out the haters. Let's talk about ownership, which we are talking about ownership. What do you want to tell people? What do you call it? That are looking, they're almost close to signing that deal, or they're thinking about, you know what? I do want to be an artist, but I'm afraid I'm going to be judged by my friends. Or my family, for example, maybe. I'll use myself, for example. And know I'm not 18 listeners, but I'll ask this question. Pretend my name's Ricky. I'm 18 years old. Grew up in Harlem. Um, yo, Seth, I want to be a rapper. But, you know, my parents are going to judge me. Because you know, I grew up in the church, and then they're gonna, you know, kick me out. Or I have friends say, "You can't be no rapper. Are you crazy? Right. You're not. You what? Who do you think you are? You're not Drake. You're not gonna blow. What do you say to? Right. What do you say to? I forget the guy's name, Ricky. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Ricky. Well, what what I would tell Ricky is that are other people's opinion worth your happiness? You know what I mean? So, like, are other people's opinion worth you being happy? Do you want to look back on your life and say that, like, you didn't at least try to do something that you that you could have possibly loved? You know, at least try it. You know, if you try it and you find that you love it, you keep going. If you try it and, you, and it's something that doesn't work for you, you don't do it. But it has to be your decision. Because at the end of the day, right, those people, or all the people that want to judge you and tell you this and this and that, they are not allowed to dic- dictate your happiness and i went through the same thing you know what i mean people telling me i couldn't rap people telling me i couldn't do this and do that like like me i'm not i'm not like a street guy you know what i mean and at the time when i wanted to make rap music that was a thing you know what i mean and they're looking at me like you not no rapper like what are you talking about but then i but then i did like you know a 2 million plays and then it's like, oh, he. he never mind. You are an, an artist. <laughs> you know what I mean. And it's it's not worth. It's really not worth your happiness. And one thing my mom told me, she's like, yo, do these people pay your bills? No. I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, do they feed you? No. I'm like, no. She's like, all right. So then, why do you care about what they say? <laughs> and that and that might be hard when you're younger because your parents are paying your bills and feeding you, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to choose what is good for you and what makes you happy, because being miserable and resentful is bad for your soul, is bad for your spirit, and you will live a less fulfilling life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. and that's, what do you call, that's to Ricky, who's 18 right now. If there is a Ricky listening, you're almost ready to sign that deal, Ricky, but review it before you sign it. Because remember, me and Seth were talking earlier Don't come and think you're a grown man, twenty one or three years later, and say, "Let's talk about renegotiating my contract." I want you, Ricky, to really know what you're doing, okay? What you're doing? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And and if anything, if anything, if you feel you're not ready, don't do it, bro. Build some leverage. I, I'll tell you a story. So, I, um, maybe probably what twenty seventeen, I would say, when Broadway came out, Right. right? Broadway was is a record of mine. It, it it. was it was booming. It was it pulled in like a hundred thousand views. Then it pulled in two hundred thousand streams, and then it kind of stopped. And then hit four hundred thousand streams. And like right now, each year Broadway brings brings me in over a hundred thousand streams, mm-hmm. as, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, so it started booming, and I got a manager, right, dope guy, very well connected, et cetera, et cetera. And he was looking at negotiating a deal with me for Capitol, for Capitol Records in L.A., right? Getting me some kind of EP deal or singles or whatever. And just in my soul, I appreciated what he was doing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, wow, this guy's giving me opportunities and stuff. But I just felt like I don't have no leverage. Like, I'm going to go in there asking for things. I'm going to go in there begging for things pretty much. And, And when it comes to negotiation, if you have to be doing that, you have no you're not going to be on an even playing field. So I was like, you know what? I don't think this is for me currently at this time. I need to build. I need to build more for myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he was like, yo, I respect it, man. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you feel you're not ready and you need to build more, build more, bro. Mm
0: -hmm. And at that time, (laughs) too, Ricky, for example, talking to Ricky again, there could be a Ricky out there, a person out there really enjoying this conversation. I mean, Ricky, yeah. get yourself involved with people who are like-minded like you, and are going to steer you in the right direction. Don't say, yes. "Oh, uh, what do you call it? I'm 18. I'm only young once. If I'm if I wait till I'm 21, 22, or 23, or 25, I'm too old." And then they'll drop. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah, that's
1: nonsense. Lucky Lucky Day. Lucky Day is in his. I think Lucky Day is probably close to 35 years old. Wow. And Lucky Day got signed just a couple of years ago. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, yo, all that boils down to branding. Future, Future got signed in his thirties. 2 Chains got signed in his thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay-Z didn't have, Jay-Z's reasonable doubt didn't come out until he was 26. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jay-Z's 50 now and a billionaire. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, like, especially now in today's music climate, age is much less of a factor because, because of the way music is consumed. You know what I mean? A lot of artists are actually a lot older. You know what I mean? And there's a whole thing in the industry, like people lie about their age and stuff. But like, I wouldn't worry about that at all, to be honest with you. Because like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing what's going on and I'm like, yo, they're signing people older and older now. It's just a matter of getting a leverage. Even the baby, like the baby's probably close to 30
0: yeah de baby is twenty-nine by the way but and even with de baby it took a while for him to blow too. He just got yeah. attention last year, but the baby kept trucking, 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 and for years. Uh, yeah, and for people that are really diehard the baby fans, the light show was his first single. It didn't do well, and he was very mad. But then three years later, let's fast forward to 2019. Shug. Yep. Oh my goodness! Did we have a yep. fun time? With Suge, we also had a fun time with all the rest of his singles after that. Yeah,
1: and that goes to show you, when I I said independence is work, like, they were putting in work. I, I watched an interview with his manager, like, yo, they would go to a club, they would talk to the DJ, even if they had to pay the DJ, which is not nothing cheap, you know what I mean? And they paid the DJ to play the music and all that type of stuff. Like they were hustling. And the baby the baby is a is a shock factor guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you might not be like him. I'm not saying to go out in the street and wear a diaper, but he is a shock factor guy. He was doing anything he could do to draw attention to himself and get on. And they worked hard for it. You know what I mean? Um Russ, like bear work whole bunch of work you know what I mean Uh, people that were independent and then end up getting signed you'll see their career is a lot it's a lot more sustainable Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they have a fan base that they built themselves that the label didn't give them the label just scaled it out Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so when I look at like a Joyner Lucas when you look at Joyner Lucas Joyner's so smart because Joyner built some stuff independently got signed right, use the deal to, like, make himself more massive, didn't complain about the deal, delivered his albums, delivered his product, knowing that I'm going to reach a larger expanse of people, and now he's back to being independent with that same fan base that the label gave him. Wow, wow,
0: you see, you see, you know, so... Patience, too. You know, it's patience. It's patience. So, into the industry, right? For you, because you do these video segments on YouTube, right? What do you want yeah. people to get out of it? Say they, you know, they land upon an episode on YouTube. What are three key things you want people to get out of it?
1: Um, I'd say, I'd say ownership. Yep. Right. Um, I'd say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, resilience in a sense, you know, like doing this music thing, it's you, you got to build up some armor, you know, you got to have tough skin cause you could get told you you're going to be told no a lot, but the yeses are going to be very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I would say is just inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I just want to help people because I had to, so some of the things I talk about on ITI, it was years before I learned those things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Years before I went to some conference or met somebody that like gave me that info. You know? Yeah. So just
0: giving back, you know. Yeah, j- just giving back. I mean, and these are and how okay, for example, here's another thing I wanted you to give a tip on too. This is gonna happen because I've watched you, you know, tell us what do you do when you know you have people and like you say, drown out the haters again. What do you do when you have people talk, man, your music sucks as shit, man. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. What do you do when you have random people and there could be artists discouraged by that? Getting, you know, and for example, and I'm using a lot of examples today. <laughs> I mean, this is these are people that have gone through it. Lil Mama, for example. Lil who, right. teeny boppers say? Oh, Lil Mama, she was way before Nicki Minaj. She really messed yeah, sure. up her own career. It was a mess, and I think she was just young, and I feel really bad for her because she's trying to mm-hmm. put out music, but she's just bashed left, right, and center. How do you deal yeah, with real. that as an artist when you're bashed left, right, and center? Your music sucks. You look this. Yeah. You need to be taller. You need to be skittier. You're not cute. Yeah. You're that you're ugly you're, what you what do you got? oh if you were lighter you would be such hotter if you were like yeah. Drake or Chris Brown how do you respond to all that because there are and believe me Seth I know you what do you Oh call yeah it, I've,
1: I've seen it been. and I've de- and I've dealt with it too you know mm-hmm. so like there's there's a couple there's a couple ways I, I deal with those things. Sure. One, if it's on the internet, right? Like if people are are throwing comments or whatever. So, like for instance, I run Instagram ads and stuff from the marketing stuff that I'm learning, and it's really effective. But sometimes I get comments of like people talking shit. So, oh, I don't know if I can cuss. Sorry, That's my okay. bad.
0: I can cuss. <laughs> you Because for people example, people say yeah. music is <laughs> <like a> shit.
1: <laughs> but yeah, people people talking or whatever, right? Me. I'm witty, so I try and say like clever things to them, and you'll be surprised, you'll be surprised that they respond and say something nice and follow you, because a lot of the time they're trying to pull a reaction out of somebody. Some of those people, you just don't deal with them, you know what I mean? Other than that, um, the the internet, it can make you think that things are way more massive than they actually are, Mm -hmm. which is a problem. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just have to back away from the internet, Mm -hmm. because... Because you're a human person and we're social creatures, right? And if you think socially that everyone is talking bad about you, it's going to mess with your head. So you kind of got to back away from the social media at times because it will give you a false sense of perception of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Then when it comes to like in the real life, you know what I mean? I just try and show improve. you know what I mean? I I just try and make the best things I can make and And make it be so undeniable that people have to hear it everywhere and that their friends have to tell them and that they're vexed at themselves that they actually said something stupid, you know? But you got to build what a lot of it is, is self-awareness and knowing yourself and being comfortable with yourself, right? Because if you know yourself and have confidence in yourself and are comfortable with yourself, then then the bashing in the stuff that people say about you, you know it to not be true, and you're confident in yourself. So, like, as young people, you're kind of building your confidence and building your self-awareness and all that type of stuff, so it can be difficult when you're when you're young and, like, in high school and everything kind of seems larger than it is. But, like, do your best to try and discover yourself in those times. You know what I mean? What, where I had an advantage is that I learned what I wanted to do early on in life right? I learned that I wanted to be an artist when I was about 14, 15 years old, you know? So that kind of drove me. And it didn't matter what anyone else said, because I knew this is uh, a part of my purpose. And now, now I'm more self-aware. Like I, I, I meditate, I take time for myself. I take time with myself to like, understand me and better my mind. Right. And you'll be surprised that like it doesn't matter what anybody says. For instance, <laughs> I have this on my Instagram. So um, so there's a platform out here called R&B Radar, a fantastic platform. They promote a lot of R&B music. Uh, they've been great for my career, but they do these live recaps, right? These live uh, submissions where people submit music and they kind of like critique the music and whatnot. So one of the dudes really liked my music. The other guy didn't like it, right? Mm-hmm. So I posted it. So I posted the clip, right? Because he he was saying that like he didn't hear any vocals or that he didn't like the vocal performance or whatever, right? I'm like, that's cool. I'm just gonna get better, right? Because I know myself and I am capable of being fantastic. That's like not to sound bossy or whatever, but I'm capable of it. I know it. So I posted that clip and I asked my fans, "Do you guys do you guys think I have any vocals?" And then I just posted clips after it of me singing, <laughs> right? So. So that is like, then, then like the, my fans all came and they were like, yo, this is amazing. What is it like? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And, and that was like, just like a little boost, you know what I mean? Cause if you got some, some support, right. You can bank off that do um, vibe with the people who support you and don't worry about pleasing the people that don't like you,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Um, yes, yeah. yes. And, li- and listen I mean, to anyone listening, the music industry is not for everyone. And uh, we have to set that straight because some people, like, for example, me, I couldn't take all these comments because I I couldn't. Well, for this show, luckily thing, thank God, like I said, it hasn't blown yet, but when it blows, I'm sure I'll get a negative comment. But uh, again, I tell the listeners, I don't look at negative comments. So if you're thinking to send one, Yeah, I'm not even going to read it. I will just delete it. I have no time. And thankfully, if I keep reading it, re-saying it, if I keep saying it and saying it, I will get no negative comments. Now, thankfully, Seth, and you've gotten them, but you seem like you are well prepared. And it's all about your support system, too. So what do you want to tell the people right now where they're unsure to begin and yes, There are going to be artists coming up. You're going to get a comment where, what do you call it? You're too fat or you're too ugly or you should lose some weight or what do you call it? Or if you were like Chris Brown or what do you call it? Or you should get a six pack. You're going to hear all those. And men, you will hear that too. It's not just for the ladies. Men are going to hear some comments that you should be Chris Brown. You should be Tank. You should be this. You're going to hear it you're gonna hear it like, 100 percent. the music the music industry
1: is you you gotta develop some tough skin you know what i mean and and when you feel a way about things put it in the music put it in the music because that's the best because there's other people in the world that feel that way you know what i mean there's other people in the world that feel that way so instead of you bottling it in and getting all upset at yourself for what other people think, you put it into music and you help somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who might be feeling that way. But the, the music industry, I feel like to be a, 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 a successful artist and a long-standing artist, you got to have self-awareness and you got to have some tough skin. You got to learn how to ignore people. And I have no problem ignoring people. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anybody yeah. getting any ideas today, I'm here to tell you some bad news. Seth is not entertaining it. If you're going to come in yeah. after and say, oh, man, you sound like crap, it's not going to work. Just, just don't even waste your time. Or, yes, he might entertain it only to block you. I mean I wouldn't yeah, go. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even go there. When you when I really block you for example and I have blocked people I, the, yeah. I think someone the other day came up on my Instagram oh. and said oh. I said how can I help you? F you man. Get the f out of here. I just said oh thank you blocked bye. Okay. Block. <laughs> yeah, those people.
1: Those people, you just gotta block them like that, or or just get rid of them somehow. Like it's it's nonsensical. Like I, uh, like I said, being self aware is very helpful. And don't like, yeah, don't put up with nonsense, man. Don't put up with foolishness. And and you see advice. You gotta really, you gotta really um, evaluate quote unquote advice that might come by you. So like for instance. Um, I have a cover of a J-Lo song. Um, it was her song, Dear Ben. I changed it to Dear You, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and um, somebody had commented, like, uh, I'm not, it's like, it, it sounds nice, but I'm not a huge fan of, like, the breathiness of your tone, right? Maybe, like, try some more breathing exercises or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yo, cool. Like, thanks for, 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 trying to actually help me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean as opposed to just throwing hate because some people they might not like something and they just want to throw hate and you don't have to put up with that but like just evaluate the advice that comes by you if I for instance get a critique from Tommy from R&B Raider I know this is what he does like R&B music is his life and he's built a platform out of it I'll take what he says into consideration you know what I mean Mm-hmm. But I only take consideration so far because I don't want to taint, like, who I am and what I do. So, like, you just gotta, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt, as they like to say. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, um so for your album, are we going to get, okay, we have the EP that just dropped, Sessions, right? I want to talk about a bit, yeah. change it up, we, what do you call You dropped an EP, you dropped R&B songs. What do you want to say to your hip-hop fans? Because they're probably waiting for some hip-hop material. Because remember earlier you said you're kind of in two paths now. You got your R&B market and you got your hip-hop market. What do you want to say to the hip-hoppers that are waiting for, what do you call it? Or maybe you might cross them both over, which you do and you rap and you sing. What if they're not satisfied and they just want some hip-hop?
1: pop i i feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that to mainly in mainly in singles right i have a project right now called um act one outcast which i think i told you about when we spoke maybe the first time yeah. right and and it's mainly it's a rap project mainly right and what i was thinking of doing is is creating an exclusive experience you know what i mean something where it's like you gotta, you gotta sign up for it and it's exclusive to you. Like, you're gonna get a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes content. You're gonna get things that people that I wouldn't regularly post or, like, things that other people aren't gonna have access to. So, like, as a fan, I, it'll invite you more into a, a certain type of world. And that's what I want to do with that project to kind of still cater to the people that like my rap music. And rap music is really what pulled in most of my fan base, You know, so right now, as I look at, as I'm putting out more R&B music, I can literally see my statistics changing. There's more women listening to my music. Before, I had maybe like 30, maybe like, nah, maybe about 25% women listening to my music. Now it's close to 50, you know? Yeah. 50%. So, like, that kind of changes things a bit. But I feel like I'm going to find a balance. Where I'm gonna be able to be like this guy that can make really dope rap records and sing really well, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to do it. And that's that's all that is. It's like it's like a challenge that I'm figuring out, and I'm gonna figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, yeah, because like I like challenges, man. I feel like for a, a good chunk of time. I um I wouldn't say stagnant, but I wasn't challenging myself and now all these new challenges are popping up and I'm like, Oh man, I've been waiting for something for some of these things to come around, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. making more people like it's not just men, what do you call it, that are listening. It's women now that's listening. And yeah. for example, for this show, most of it is men because it's hip hop. Most of it is going to be men that are listening. We do have 30% of women, but 60%, 66% is mostly a male-driven that they want to know what are the new hip-hop and R&B. But again, listeners, we do hip-hop, we do R&B, we do some gospel hip-hop and some gospel (laughs) R&B. So it's just finding out where you fit in. And I'm glad you're finding out where you fit in but, yeah. net, so are we going to have a future new hip-hop single, a future new hip-hop single in the vault? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: funny enough, I was in the studio yesterday um, with my, my homie S. Todd. He produced Parachute. And my, uh, my creative director, Charlie. And I'm like, yo, my hard drive is full of these dope rap records, man. Like, what are we going to do? And I started playing them, and we were all like, whoa, this stuff cannot sit here, like what the heck is going on, (laughs) you know? So after I release Salvation, right, Salvation is going to be my last weekly release from those um, HQ sessions, right? So that's going to be my last weekly release from that, and I'm going to take some time to, like, focus on some individual records. Then maybe, like, a a month or two after, there'll be a rap record coming up.
0: All right, all right, all right. So those people that are hip-hop heads... Definitely the right show, but definitely Seth has given you idea. He didn't forget about you right now. Somebody's probably saying, man, I want some hip-hop. I want to tear the place yeah. down, man.
1: <laughs> it's funny because it's funny because I was watching the, um, that Drake interview that he did with Zane Lowe a couple years ago yeah. where he was talking yeah. about, like, I literally got to cater to, to two sides of music, you know what I mean? Like, the slower... Women-oriented stuff and and the rap because I can really rap, you know and and I was like I understood what he was saying but now I understand it even more, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like I can't um I can't deny that part of me like I'm too good at it. Why would I like I can't stop doing that? I shouldn't stop doing it. And I feel like it's gonna be impressive to some people, to a good chunk of people to be like yo, he can make rap music like this. And sing like this, like, on some actual R&B stuff. Like, that's impressive. I'm part of two, um, market, like, music marketing kind of, like, masterminds, right? Um, where this is, like, these groups of people that kind of teach each other how to market things, right? And-
0: All right, listeners, we got cut out. You know me and Seth, we had a large conversation. Whoo! It's it's so good right now, isn't it Seth? We gave some yep. gems to people. But you can finish up because we were talk Where were we? <laughs>
1: uh, we were talking about basically catering catering between the hip hop and the R&B yes. and people that want uh hip hop like if I'm ne- almost neglecting them in a sense or like, you know, what what am I going to do about that situation? Mm-hmm. And I I was basically saying that um after I release salvation which will be the last of my uh, HQ sessions weekly releases um, I'm gonna take some time to promote like a one, one or two records off of that campaign and then a couple weeks or maybe a month or two after uh, I'll be putting out a rap record and I think um, I'm really I'm gonna figure out the balance between doing the two but I think it's gonna impress a good chunk of people that like he can rap like this and then sing, like on some R&B like this, you know what I mean? And it's like really, really hip hop and bars and like really, really R&B, you know? And I think that'll be impressive to some people. And I was uh, saying that I'm part of um, two um, basically music marketing masterminds is what you would call them, um, where people like get mentorship and, and like teach each other how to market music, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I had posted some examples because there's like a private group that we have and um, I posted some examples and some stuff I, I want to promote, and everyone, like, instead of giving me, like, advice, I got some advice, but instead of giving me advice, everyone was like, how the heck do you do both of these things? Like, how do you rap like this and then sing like this? Like, that's really impressive, you know, so I feel like it'll impress um A good chunk of people, you know?
0: Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the next Drake here. And remember he said he can. We're not throwing shade at you, Drake, but you know, you got some competition, Drake. Drake, you can't be on the top forever. You gotta give the throne (laughs) over to somebody else and maybe Seth Dyer, you can mentor him and he could be the next Drake. You never know. know, I I don't think you would I got no
1: problems. I got no problems being mentored by Drake. That would be great. Uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yes, and everybody loves. Okay, and what do you say to the people that don't like Drake? They think he's too overrated and commercialized.
1: That's fine and all, but to me, like from what I've seen and all the things this man has been able to do, he's he's like the biggest act in the world right now. Mm-hmm. All this records, all the records that he's crushed, and and he's from Toronto, and like he kind of changed. He kind of changed what uh, rappers are willing to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think that like he's he's done a lot of like game changing things that people don't rate him for. But I got a lot of respect for the boy, to be honest with you. And 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 to be honest, like a lot of um probably a lot of the way I approach songwriting is is inspired by Drake because he he performs very clearly. He, he the lines he says are very potent, you know. And I try I try to. Right, like that, you know, there's no, it's, he's not by fluke where he is, he really knows what he's doing, and other people might be involved in all that type of stuff, but like at the end of the day, this guy knows music, man, I, I respect that, you know, so anybody, I'm fine with whoever wants to hate on him and not like him or whatever, but I'm a fan of, I'm a fan, especially of Drake rapping. Like, yeah. I'm a fan of that.
0: Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so, but one more question about Drake. If Drake was cool. listening to this interview or his team, what would you tell them now?
1: I'd say, yo, give me a listen, bro. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> give me a listen. That's all I need you to do. Just hear. And then I'm pretty sure you'll give
0: me a call after. (laughs) Drake, give your boy a call. Come on. We're all from Toronto here. Me, Seth, you. Come on, Drake. You know hard times. Come on, buddy. You know hard times. But okay, inspirations. I don't think I asked you about your hip-hop inspirations. Because earlier I asked you about your R&B. Who were your hip-hop inspirations? Were you inspired by Drake? Was Drake your favorite? Or do you have other ones you were inspired by?
1: I, I would say, you know what's funny? The the artist that made me actually want to actually be a rapper is an artist from New York named Immortal Technique.
0: Oh, I don't know <laughs> yeah, he, <him.
1: laughs> so he So he made me really want to be a rapper, and he rapped about a lot of things to do with, like, government oppressed people a lot of conspiracy theory stuff right and i don't know what it was that made me want to be a rapper due to that guy but he would i would say it was like my first mega inspiration actually inspired me to rap um then most deaf i love most deaf um kanye west through that whole graduation trilogy and what what i liked about kanye is that kanye was like a preppy guy from the suburbs. He wasn't a street dude, you know what I mean? And like, But he was still competing with all of these guys. Um, Jay-Z, due to like Jay-Z's music and his business, I try to um, almost emulate and copy what I've seen Jay-Z do for himself in the music business. He was almost like, He was almost like one of the first independent hip-hop artists, and people kinda don't really understand how that happened. Like, he was kind of the first example of building leverage. Well, the first example I've seen of building great leverage and getting a great deal. Because his deal with Def Jam, when he's first signed to Def Jam, was amazing. And I don't know how the heck it, but yeah. Um, Jay-Z and then um, Pac and uh, Drake.
0: Mm-hmm. Pac and Drake. Okay. What about Big E?
1: Big E, too. Yeah, yeah. I
0: like...
1: I, I like I don't know, there's just something about the like the way Biggie delivered stuff that just like the rawness of Biggie is it, it was just cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think yeah. do you think um what do you call it a hologram of notorious BIG and Pac would work? I mean, they're doing it. They're doing it. Do you think those work now or no?
1: Um I don't know. I mean, with COVID going on and all this, people are going to get really crafty about those things. <laughs> You know, but people will pay to see it, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, people will get crafty. What do you want to say? And I mean, of course, it is a hard time with COVID and the BLM movement going on right now. What are your thoughts as an artist to that?
1: Well, me, like, my thing is is for the people. And especially right now, like... I my goal with my music when, when it comes to a monetary sense is to be able to make enough money to to enact a real change in my community. You know what I mean? And give people the opportunities to own things, um, invest in things, that type of stuff within the black community and that's really my goal. So like to see all this stuff, you know, regularly happening to us, it's it's like I've i I've almost tried to like almost tr- I wouldn't say not pay attention to it because I am paying attention to it. I feel like I've become desensitized to it, which is bad because we've seen it so often we see all this craziness so often, right and it's and it's it's tragic and me, I'm looking at my goal like, man, I just want to be able to enact some real change amongst my people, and that's part of the reason why I made that ownership um video. Because I'm like, yo, I think a big part of, of what will help us is is finance, you know, and owning things and being able to incubate our own culture and our own money. When you think, when you look at, like, the music industry, do you realize how much black people are making money for the music industry and no black people own anything in it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And And, like, that stuff is disheartening. I'm like, yo, we need to own things. If I look at, like women's hair weave and women's hair and stuff like that. That's like 99% used by black women, but black people don't own it. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm looking at, you know, and I'm trying to, I really want to enact some change monetarily amongst, black people yeah
0: yeah and i think you said what do you call it i think you were saying on your video how much of the black dollar do we spend within our own businesses it'll be pretty shocking do you want to throw that out to the listeners
1: yeah so like with the black dollar stays in the community probably about three hours
0: wow that's (laughs) not long
1: in comparison to like let's say um the Asian dollar, which stays in the community for, like, a good chunk of days, like, probably almost a month, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, you know? So, like, everyone else kind of figured out how to to circulate money amongst their community. And I don't think it's bad for us as black people to look at those communities and figure out, well, how do we copy that? Like, how do we do that, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, what do you got? I think a lot of it you see, but... I think I asked I think the other day, I think, for example, it's like and this is and this is not a black and white thing. Listeners, can we talk race for a minute? Yeah, we're gonna talk race for a minute. Without problems, yeah. Without problems, what do you call? I'm not a coon, I'm not a Karen or a Kevin but why is it yeah. our own people can be jealous of each other like we don't support our black people do not support each other like for example you have a business and I say hey buddy why don't you come by my business I immediately yeah. I want a a discount off the business instead of yeah. showing you yeah. love and showing you support I'm asking can I get a discount like that's a dirty <laughs> mind like you have a dirty yeah mind. yeah
1: that's all. That's all. It's a warped mentality. You know what I mean? It's like, it's weird because it's like people will say all these things that they want. They want us to prosper. But when it comes for us to dealing with each other, we, we, we expect like differential treatment. Like, it's not like you can't go into Walmart and ask them for a discount. You know what I'm saying? So why are you doing it with me? And, and it's like a mentality that needs to get cut. Eventually, You might, you might get, after building a relationship with a business, you might get some perks, you know what I mean? But don't expect that off the top. And I think it comes from, it comes from a mentality of like, we feel like everything is so scarce, you know what I mean? So it's like, if I help this person get on, it means that I won't get on, right? But what you don't seem to realize is that this person getting on opens opportunities, right and you don't know what opportunities that it might open for you
0: yeah yeah people you know that are listening yeah people that are listening i mean if you want to help each other's businesses stop trying to promote yourselves and yourselves only i'm yeah. talking to people yeah. out there because there are people that only want to promote themselves but use other people to promote them i don't promote that type of stuff i just think you're a dirty person if you do stuff <laughs> only (laughs) want to promote yourself but black people let's work together let's you know let's do business let's stop beefing with each other you know who's the number one rapper who's the number one this who's the number one mogul and the black let's let's stop all that why can't we just make money music or make business together without and you know what's funny
1: Sure. You, you know what's funny because my my godfather um he's a he's a black man right and he's he run he he ran a successful business um he's into the stock market and certain things now but he he's got money like you know he's decently wealthy right and I was speaking to him one time and he was like uh it was like black people might get screwed over by each other in business and say i'm never working with black people again right but any other race of people. They do the same things to one another, you know, Mm -hmm. like somebody might screw somebody else over in a business, right? But you never hear a white man say, I'm never working with white people again. He says, I'm never working with John again. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm never working with that guy again.
0: Mm -hmm. We
1: as black people are like, we just somehow get into one bad problem with our own people and assume that all of our people are like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know where that mentality comes from, but business goes bad. In every race, you know, but you don't see the other races saying I'm not working with my own people. Yeah. You know?
0: Yes. And I mean, I understand. Okay, And I understand for those that are listening, right, for those black people that are listening, whether West Indian background, West Indian, American black, African black, you do need to support your own businesses. But the, the business owners, I want to talk to you guys. But you guys yes, got to yeah. watch the attitudes, okay? Black people, yes. let's talk. Caribbean, let's talk. Yeah. The attitude. I'm a Southern American, let's talk. Is there a problem? Yeah. When I come to order because... food, and what do you call it? And the food is cold, and I tell you about that nicely? Don't give me an attitude. I'm supporting yeah. your business. And this is what is discouraging from black people to support black people because of the attitude.
1: Yeah, like you can't uh, you can't you can't normalize bad service. You know what I mean? It's like why why should you expect people to deal with your business properly if you don't want to deal with people properly in your business? It's like you feel like you're doing them a favor for them to spend money in your place, mm-hmm. which is not cool. When I look at when I look at my girlfriend for instance, right? She's she's building so she makes a uh, lines of crystal jewelry. She uh, does like uh, bath soaks and beauty products and stuff like that. So she's coming up with a new line right now. And the amount of work that she's putting into this and the service that she's going to offer people, when people offer, when people open those packages, they're going to get way more than they expected to get. You know what I mean? Just the experience of it is going to be way more amazing than than you would have expected to get, right? And it's like... Yo, this is somebody that cares about their customers. This is somebody that cares about having a good business. And you need to make those things normal. Like, you know what I mean? We shouldn't be feeling like, oh man, when I go to pick up food, like I have to be worried about people having bad service. But yes. I want to give my.
0: Own, yes. and then, right? You know what, Seth? And not to generalize, I've had that fear because, too, it's like. It's like, it's a real was, thing. Yeah, I'm worried I'm going to have to fight with somebody over food I paid versus if I go to the Chinese, what do you call it? Chinese store or if I, not Chinese store, if I order Chinese food and I say it, they just warm it up or give me another one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because service is important. And you think, I think, uh, what I'm, I think I'm realizing right now as we talk is like, I feel like, um, as a people we haven't we haven't had um a lot of opportunities of like business expertise mm-hmm. so like so like um we we the examples that we're seeing are are like bad service examples you know what i mean and we just need to like un- un- unlearn that mm-hmm. until you know retrain that because like i said look into look into other cultures it's okay to borrow what they do it's okay to see how it works for instance in 2014 i worked on a a project called ix with uh this kid in thornhill named average his producer name is average he is far from average he's an amazing musician right (laughs) and um he's but he's a jewish guy right he's jewish and um i would go over to his house we would make music and whatnot i met his family learned about like kind of learned about the culture of how like jewish people deal with each other and build businesses and spend money amongst each other and i'm like well of course this works this works like we as a people can borrow this so like it's okay to look at other cultures of people and be like why does this work why does this work okay let's try and emulate it you know what i mean i feel like a lot of pride comes into things like oh no i'm not gonna do it like them i'm not gonna like you know it's a lot of pride and
0: yeah. Everyone's
1: got black, but, like, it's, it's like, let's try and better our people, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we want to feel like we're the one that came up with this. We did it. Yeah. And, you know, and like yeah. you said, and not to generalize people, but you do realize people who listen to the show and who are hip-hop heads, 96% of the listeners I have are probably black, a little bit of white, a little bit of Spanish, and a little bit of the rest. Yeah. But most of the people I guarantee you that are listening are 66% black men. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just. Let's support each other. Let's support our businesses. Let's, you know, let's lift each other up because in a time like this, in COVID, and what do you want to say about COVID? I asked you that question, COVID nineteen, because with all the restrictions, are you kind of worried as an artist too about the future of COVID nineteen with the industry?
1: Yeah, the only thing that's really kind of racking my head is touring. Um, it's like you know how how that's gonna how that's gonna happen um cuz touring is a big is a big stream of income for artists right probably the main stream of income is touring and not necessarily music so like figuring that touring aspect out is going to be interesting mm-hmm. um and but i'd say for myself and my music covid's actually been a blessing because it's given me time to kind of like spend more time with myself learn more things learn how to get better at singing learn uh yeah i spent a lot of time expanding my mind and making new music so like it's been it's been a blessing for me in that in that regard mm-hmm. um but yeah in the future of the music industry it's like if touring doesn't get figured out it's gonna be a whole different landscape it's gonna be a whole different game and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because even with streaming streaming payouts are getting lower and lower uh, if you have a catalog that people are listening to regularly, you're going to be okay. But like, if you're still building your catalog and trying to pull in fans and streams, et cetera, it's a little more difficult. So it it's a kind of shaky ground, but it's going to get figured out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would you do viral shows? Have you done viral shows or is that something not of interest to you?
1: I'm, I'm think I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about how to do a cool live experience. You know, I, I want to, I want to really put thought into it, you know, and like a cool IG live experience, some um, like you know, or a cool YouTube live experience that I can do something interesting with, as opposed to just like setting up a mic and performing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of racking our brains
0: about it. Well, I have an idea for you. What about the cool Seth Dyer experience on Instagram? What about that?
1: yeah we'll have to figure out what that looks like
0: yeah (laughs) maybe okay it could look like you in the studio you have the lights dimmed you know everybody get their spliffs out if they smoke weed they don't have to smoke weed but i mean if they do or get your cigars out and you know Join in the live experience and then you can just check. You know, have the lights dimmed out and then you can perform your your songs. But I think you should do sessions if you're doing a live one. Do sessions, do all the singing, then maybe maybe a couple of months, then after do the hip-hop one. But the hip hop one we have to think of a different theme. Maybe you know, go somewhere and, what do you call it, use a background or something and, you know, make it, like, a experience like they're there. I don't know. That's just mm-hmm. the <laughs> thing. Yeah,
1: man. We'll figure, it, um, we'll figure it out, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, quickly, I wanted to ask you, Okay. Now, I want to ask you, do you talk about politics in your music, even though you said earlier you were inspired by artists, what do you call it? There was one artist you were inspired by that I don't know the name of again, but... but, Yes, but do you talk about politics? Okay, for example, and we're going to get controversial, like, because you and I are friends, Mm -hmm. but what if somebody says... Who are you gonna? Well, you're not American. Well, I'm not American either, and I don't want to say thank God. And what I mean, listeners, is what do you call it? We're not American, but is let's say if you had a listener ask you, who would you vote for if you were American? Do you talk about those stuff in your music or no? I mean, I touch
1: on some political issues, like not not as not as like cut and dry as voting for someone, but like I talk on on some political issues. Here and there, I have a record called Black Ghosts, Mm -hmm. which is uh, uh, about um, a lot of police brutality and like politics, or like uh, politics designed and policies designed against black people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's here, it's here and there, sprinkled in my records. So like, I, I'm like a super pro black guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And there's obviously politics involved in that. Um, when I'm thinking about it too heavy, though, I wouldn't say that, like, there's a huge political motive in my music, but I do, it, it it is in my music here and there, though. Yeah.
0: Here and there, here and there. So, listeners, again, I didn't say, thank God I'm not American. I didn't say that. But Americans, you got to realize, we're Canadian. But uh, probably some listeners say, well, who would you guys vote for? I mean, I'm not a Trump fan, and I'm not a Biden fan either. So there you go. <laughs> like, the, like, like,
1: it's like which, it's like it's like which,
0: which poison do you choose? That's what? true. Which poison <laughs> do you choose? So that's what a lot of people are going to say. But must I say, listeners? And we do talk politics here. If it's in music, of course we're going to talk about it because it's a music show. But I must say, Joe Biden. Yes, he's not my favorite, but he's not as bad as Hillary Clinton. So, what do you got? But, it's like, which poison, again, which poison do you pick? So, some rappers might think, that's why some rappers don't even bother with politics, because they think, well, the two of them don't even care anyways. Right. So, which, which poison do you pick? But, what do you want to say to the fans to the people that love you to the people that support you to the people that just you know they're riding this journey with you and people that are going through a hard time in covid right now what what can you do to lift their spirits with your music
1: i'd say well first of all take some time to 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 get good with yourself and positive with yourself and meditate on yourself you know and then listen to some of the HQ sessions. They'll make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. and th- Thank thank you guys. Thank you. You know, for the people that listen to me and our fans and stuff, uh, thank you guys for, for being on, uh, being a part of this journey with me, uh, inviting other people to the journey. And yeah, we're going to, we're going to make some amazing things happen. And just thanks for being a part of it in this lifetime of yours, you know? Yeah.
0: Seth, there was one guy I was looking on your YouTube page. He said he's been listening to your music for five years. Can you shout yeah. that guy out? I don't know who he is, but can you shout? He's like, I've been listening to this guy for yeah. five years and I'm so his, his name
1: is Cole. Okay. His name is Cole. Shout out to Cole. Okay. Cole's been listening. Cole used to work with me at the aquarium.
0: Okay.
1: And- far away from Toronto, okay? And Cole used to come into work, right? And go home very late, and Cole's been listening to my music for years. So thank you very, very much, Cole. Appreciate you.
0: Yes, yes. And do you want to shout out the whole team? Because I know some of the team for the people, do you want to shout them out? You have still have time to shout them out and then I'm going to throw out, you're going to throw out those singles, what do you call it, that you want people to listen to in sessions and then yeah. we'll close up.
1: Yeah, man. So yeah, yeah. big shout out to my team for the people. so all love. Love you guys. Um, shout out my creator director, Charlie. Uh, shout out Zargo. Shout out um, my stylist, Miss Banks, who's been killing it, um, getting some amazing clients. Uh, shoot, who else? Who else is involved? Shout out, Cuzzo, Forever Gemini. There's a lot of people. <laughs> the whole family. Yo. Shout out Shout out Louis, shout out for the people.
0: <laughs> for for the people. Shout out. Shout out Charlie. Shout out Charlie. You're you're amazing. What do you call? A shout out to yeah, this show. Dope guy. Shout out Charlie. He's such an amazing guy. Uh, do you want to throw out your favorite singles to the lady listeners and to the fella listeners that may be yeah. in the R&B mood? Yeah, um, I'd say the song I'm going
1: to be pushing off of this HQ Sessions campaign is Parachute, so listen to
0: Parachute parachute but can you do available later too i think that's yeah yeah available
1: available is gonna be after parachute because people love available
0: too (laughs) i love available i love available and there was one other one i love what do you call can't get enough something i can't get enough i think yeah yeah
1: can't get enough yeah 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 can't get enough is awesome i i have a really like, you know, I'm going to need a budget for that music video, but we'll make that happen. I, I can't get enough. It's a dope
0: song. <laughs> Listeners, I picked out his three songs. I'm his manager. No, I'm joking. Because <laughs> what do you call it? The two songs I like. And I think you should be pushing those heavy because I can see you being played on radio stations, Seth. And I forgot to ask you, how come you have... Okay. And I know we've been talking about it. But how come you haven't blown yet? I want you to blow. like, And I believe it's, it's coming. And you are getting yes. attention from radio stations. You are.
1: Everything. I feel like, I feel like everything is going to happen in its time. Because when I look at certain points in my life. And I'm like, yo, if I blew up then, I wasn't ready. And if I blew up at this point. Mm, still wasn't ready, but now I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm more and more and more ready and more and more educated. And just like the the right timing is going to come. I just have to stick with it. You know what I mean? I just have to stick with it and be consistent and all the hard work is it, going to pay off, you know, and it's going to happen when it's supposed to. Yeah. So that's what I'm, um. I'm not even too concerned about it. Like when I think about it, I'm like, I'm not too, I don't press my head and get anxious about blowing up because I'm like, it's happening soon enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to throw out your platforms in case people want to get in touch with you and they want to reach out or they just want to check out what you're about?
1: Yeah, you can um you can go to my website actually, um, that I just revamped, Seth Dyer dot com, S E T H D Y E R dot com. Or you can follow me on Instagram, shoot me a DM. Uh, my Instagram is at S E T H D Y E R underscore E. V. So Seth Dyer underscore E. V. And then wherever you listen to music, just search for my name, Seth Dyer. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay, okay. And to Ricky again, whoever is out there and that needs some advice or they have questions, you can contact Seth. We took half that interview, Ricky, talking to you because whoever I feel there's somebody out there that's probably in pressure right now to sign something, you were supposed to yeah. listen to this interview. So reach out to Seth, and Seth has quite what do you call it? Seth can answer some of your questions. But Seth, listen, man, it's such like, this interview was so it's such a joy to even get to know you again you like you're a friend you came by when i'm at the station and then you're coming on this platform i really have to thank you
1: yo thank you man i I i love how i love how consistent you are i love how professional you are and like you're doing your thing man like i i appreciate you for having me on this
0: All right, all right. We'll do it again. Listeners, he's a friend. He's not debuting no more. He's a friend, and he will come back on the show. Unfortunately, it can't be in person right now, but... You know, we just got to keep building, as Seth said. We got to keep building, building, building and not let it discourage us. So Seth Dyer and the team, I want to thank you. I want to thank Seth Dyer. And if you want to reach out to me quickly, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I, at gmail.com, or I'm on Instagram, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I. Seth Dyer, again, I want to thank you. And that is it for episode, I believe we're at 83, between 83 to 84. Seth Dyer, again, I want to thank you.
1: Take it easy, man. Thank you.